0: The reason why the hospitality industry, and this goes into the ethos of who we are at Sip and Saver, uh, is, is not just about managing calories and getting fed, but it's about how you make people feel. And uh, I realized that I, I was genetically predisposed to enjoying making people feel great and enjoying what that was like. I just needed to fill in some gaps with how to, how to create food and menus and the other aspects. And so I, I made it my mission at that point in time to work for people that could teach me. Hello, my
1: name is Matt Bros of Lockton. In my role, I consult with employers all around the country related to their employee benefits strategy. We're in conversations all the time about how to attract the best talent and get the best out of their people. Work ethic, integrity, those are all traits of people that pursue excellence and it doesn't even stop there. From the boardroom to the storeroom, we're gonna find out what drives those people. Welcome to the excellence culture. This is gonna be an excellent adventure. Welcome to the Excellence Culture. Um, I am so excited today um, for a couple of reasons. One is because you'll get to know this about me, but I love food. And especially when food is related to an amazing experience, um, I am a happy camper. But I get to spend time with the people who are most influential with what I would say is my favorite restaurant in the DFW Metroplex. It is Sip and Savor in Highland Village, Texas. And I'm here and I get to spend time with the two owners and the general manager of Sip & Saver. This is Jen and Scott and Glenn. Thank you so much uh, for coming. We're just going to hear the story of Sip & Saver. We're probably going to go further back than just Sip & Saver, right? But, yes. um But really excited. So thank you so much for thank coming you. in. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So glad was, to be here. I would like to first just kind of have you all introduce yourself um, and just share... You know, I would say mainly what's your role, because we're going to get into your story a little bit. But what is your role at Sip and Saver? And if there's anything else you want to kind of share, that'd be great. Sure. But let's start with you, Jen.
2: Uh, so Jen Scher, Uh I am the kind of, what would you say, babe? I'm the, the wine expert, if you will. I'm in charge of all the sales and the marketing. Um, I also helped create the design of the restaurant. And really, I am the maitre d' when it comes to um, talking to tables and really making sure that moms especially feel seen um, and valued when they're in our restaurant, because we just don't get out enough, right? As moms, our priority is our family. Yeah. So um, I make it a point to go look at mom first and make sure that she's having the best experience. And then I focus on the husband and then the kids as well. But when it's date night, I'm... Um, I'm honing in on mom first and foremost to make sure she's the time spent away from home and or on her date night is well spent and she feels seen and loved by everyone from start to finish.
1: Oh, I love that. That was a very good introduction. And I'm, I say you're doing a really good job at that because I know what you're talking about. Thank you.
0: So Scott, why don't you introduce yourself? Scott Scherer. So uh, Jen's husband, Uh, just to kind of add to that, I think Jen, most clearly represents the DNA and ethos of, of who we are at Sip and Saver. And so uh, everything she said, absolutely. And then kind of just, if you want to look to see, hey, who, who is Sip and Saver, my, my wife would be the the, representat- the physical representation of that. So uh, I am the, wow, uh, ops guy, finance guy. Um, HR. HR, <laughs> paint walls, fixed plumbing. Um, just kind of make sure that the business operation is lined up with uh, – uh, with who we are and what we say we're gonna do. And um, uh, yeah, I've been so excited to open the brand and, uh, and work with my wife and it's been a blast so far.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, that's awesome.
0: Glenn? Uh, hello, Glenn Walls, I'm the general manager of Sip
3: and Saver. Um, you know, my first and foremost priority is, is and I, I, tell, I say this to the staff, is to protect the culture of Sip and Saver. Um, everything else kind of goes around that. Um, work with Scott and Jen, work through them uh, to relate to the operations of the restaurant, oversee, directly oversee uh, the service staff of the restaurant, uh, and directly oversee the management of the restaurant, um, and be any kind of support I possibly can yeah. to everybody.
2: And he also missed that he's family. Yes. Oh. He's not just our genius. I, sen- I
1: sense that, and yeah. Glenn, you're very good at what you do. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, Thank you for the intro. We're going to get more into that. Um, But I would, I feel like Scott is kind of more the restaurateur of the group, correct? that's correct. And so, Scott, I I like to take these interviews and I like to kind of go past, present, future, really just get into the story. I think there's a ton we can learn from it, right, related to excellence, related to people, um, you know, and that's my world. Um, but I would love for you to kind of go back and maybe we're not gonna go all the way to Little Scott, but let's go back to Scott, um, you know, when just the restaurant world started to become part of your life.
0: Okay. Uh, My grandparents owned a restaurant uh, in college and I worked in restaurants and that I think was the first time it became personal. You know, uh, it it ultimately didn't succeed. There were really, really generous people. and as I look back, if I knew then what I know now, I would still be open, but uh, just didn't approach the business side. And so uh, shortly afterwards, I decided to make this my career. And so then uh, just targeted different areas of the hospitality sector. And, and in doing that, um, just built my own appreciation for it in, in, in the Scott way. And, and then my own ideals of, of what I feel is the best way to do it. There's, there's a spectrum, right? We've got just extreme hospitality on one side and then you have extreme business on the other side, where it's just about making money, and um, and Which I, there's I, some reality there. Yeah, right? and the reality yeah. is, is some people lean one way or the other, and the reality is, you need both. Yeah. And so I've had some pretty remarkable opportunities to learn from some amazing businessmen, some amazing just just clearly hospitalities in their blood, and and then build my own ideals of what a hospitality group can and should do, and. Uh, and so that started uh, with, uh, I worked a little bit at Houston and Hillstone, uh, I worked with Macaroni Grill back when they were a really great brand, um, had some opportunity to work with a, a large organization, the Dallas Stars, ran the hospitality program for a while. And then I, ran, I worked, I think the, the crux of it, really a lot of the, the light bulbs started going off as I worked for a company called Consilient Restaurants and we regentrified the Knox-Henderson trade area with some really great concepts. Cuba Libre Cafe, The Porch, Hibiscus was arguably one of the best restaurants in Dallas at the time. And in that, uh, fell in love with amazing wines, fell in love with amazing foods, foods that were new to me and certainly new to some of the markets and had an opportunity to work with just an amazingly talented chef. And that really is what what propelled us to where we are today. And then after that worked for uh, a Fortune 500 company and then spent the last 10 years with a group that just was just extremely entrepreneurial. And that really sparked the, the entrepreneurial juices in my own spirit to, to, to do this. So yeah, yeah everything in between.
1: It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Jen, I, I would love to kind of hear your background too, because you've got a really sure. unique background. Sure. So I'd love to hear kind of a little bit of your story.
2: So uh, I grew up with a single mom, uh, went to college, graduated quickly, and I uh, had a degree in journalism with a marketing minor. So I took that hoping that I would be interviewing NBA stars because I thought with me being six feet, I had a leg up. I was like, they're going to hire me in a heartbeat because a leg up. I can literally see these people yeah. in, the, in the face and most women can't. So I thought that that was where I was headed. And instead, I ended up at Mission Tortillas on their marketing team. Okay. I launched what was then huge, the, the wraps for all the carb craze. Everyone wanted to be low carb, so I helped launch that um, gosh, so long ago. Is a wrap actually lower carb than a sandwich? It depends. Okay. On what, what size you get. Okay. There's all sizes. Okay. But no. Just be because careful the answer what you no. ask about food because <laughs> we
0: could go down this whole wrap I know. Yeah, I
1: know, there's yeah. a whole thing with like it. I'm actually always been curious of that though. No, because I feel just as bad after a wrap as I do. Yeah. A and you, yeah,
2: exactly. No, yeah. I, if just if you're gonna have a sandwich, have a sandwich. Yeah. That's all I can say. Uh, so I did that for four years right out of school. But I realized that what I loved was people. But in marketing, you're behind the scenes. You're doing all of the makeup to create the brands. I wanted to be a part of the brands. So um, I knew someone who knew somebody that was in the wine industry. So I worked for uh, Republic National, a huge distribution company. I think they're number two or number one now um, in the United States and was with them for was what was almost 15 years. So I was a sales rep just working my way up. You're a hundred percent commission, so that means you hit the pavement hard mm-hmm. and you build this, right? And so I was so excited for that opportunity. I eventually got into Dallas, into some of the restaurants that Scott oversaw. And I had relationships with Dean Faring, Kent Rathbun, Tracy Rathbun. They're still to this day close friends of mine, um, but I was I was able to sell something that I knew nothing about, but so many people embraced me and taught me, not only at the distributor, but the wine growers and the family owners of these wineries. They just took me under their wing and taught me everything that I know now to this day. Um, so I was with the distributor first, and then I left um, for five years and actually worked for the wineries, for a, a, um, a conglomerate that, that owns multiple wineries. So I did that for the last five years. So. Okay. Yeah, it's just been an all-encompassing wine adventure, if okay. you will.
1: And when did y'all meet?
2: Fourteen years ago.
0: Uh, I was sixteen years ago.
2: Oh, 16 years ago. with she,
1: a with a restaurant associate. So yes, yeah, she
0: sauntered into one of my restaurants. <laughs> okay. uh, I had I eleven restaurants. I was overseeing to sell wine. That's a whole nother story. It was. That <laughs> I knew
2: nothing because he met me early on, in my career, probably the first two years. That right? was.
0: I think it was the first two months. No. Well, no, because I had
2: to work my way to Dallas. Oh, okay. I started in Addison. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did. Good job. I walked in. Good job. <laughs> I walked in yeah. not knowing a lick. Like, you know, you're if you're a good salesperson, you can fake your way through anything. That's what I thought I thought I could do really well.
0: And she didn't fake it through. So <laughs> I did I, 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 And I think it was kind of a kind way. I asked her to leave uh, as she was presenting yeah. these horrible wines that were not good. Correct. And I asked her to, to grab a wine list. On the way out, and if she was going to come back, to just present something that was commensurate with our food and wine program. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, what was amazing is that she showed up a week later with amazing wines and a little bit of attitude. I was like, "How about these?"
2: So he created a
0: very good learning moment for you. Mm
2: -hmm. A thousand percent, yes. Yes. And that I again being one hundred percent commission, the goal is to get one hundred percent of the list, right? And so he told me I wasn't getting any. So I went back, did my homework, and came back, and I. She almost got 100%, 100% of it. It was 100%. Yeah. I got 100% of his business. Yeah, that's awesome. so and was, then
0: she begged me to date her, and that was like a shameful, but I finally said yes. <laughs> okay.
2: That's exactly how that went down. <laughs> All right, so Glenn,
1: I want to hear a little bit of your story, too, and I'd like to also hear when you met them. So, But tell me, let's just go through your story a little okay.
3: bit. Okay. Um. Okay. So when I was a little, little I mean, mean, I was young. Uh, my father was in the commercial food business, so I'm in the re- we're in the retail food business. My father explained that to me one day what the difference was, but uh, he was on the uh, basically the commissary side, the large like company side. You go in and you get um, break rooms, stuff like that. Well, he had two sides to his business back then. He had the arcade side, which we had these stand up arcade games, and he had this uh, huge like uh, cooler with a bunch of old women in there making soups and sandwiches. And I always went over there to make the sandwiches and the soups with the old ladies when I was a kid. I, 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 mowed, I mowed the yard to the business, and then I got to make sandwiches. with it. So I was always, so early age, I was gravitated to being, to making food, being around food. Um, my very first job, I was 16 years old. I was a busboy at Chili's, the very, I think the very first Chili's in Oklahoma City. That's when they had the red baskets and the, the cold glass mugs, and it was a happening place, right? And the sprinkles on the on the on the shakes and so forth. And those chicken tenders. Those chi- I mean, we yeah. Chicken was, critters, they call them. I did. I, I they had like six items, I think, back then. But they yeah. were all handmade, and it was yeah. it was it was great. Um, but then I did restaurants, all I mean, all through, a little bit of uh, you know golf course uh, yeah. in, in high school, but mostly restaurants. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, my junior year in college, I actually wanted to drop out of school and go to culinary school because I was the first uh, chef-driven mm-hmm. restaurant I worked at. My dad. Um, kindly, he said, you're going to be the first walls to graduate college, let's do that. And I said, he said, if you want to do culinary school after college, go ahead. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, you know, got through college. Didn't do that, but kept in restaurants. Um, worked in hotels for uh, six years. Uh, was uh, recently, I met, uh, when I should going to Scott in 2009. We worked, uh, he, um, he and I met in 2009 with Nordstrom Restaurant Group. Uh, he was a regional manager then, and I was just interviewing for, a, at the time, a, a you know, a management job, um, and then um, worked with uh, him at Whiskey Cake, and then I left Whiskey Cake to uh, go, uh, move back to Dallas, worked at the open the Cowboys Club, at the Star, then I was at Merido for four years, mm-hmm. and then that's uh, where I got to meet you. That's where we met. Yeah, and then, um, you know, then he presented an opportunity to me a few years ago, a couple, about two and a half years ago. About, about this restaurant. Okay, um, I, wanna, I wanna get into that a little yep. bit later. Yeah.
1: Um, so we're just gonna kinda keep with the story a little bit. I, I would like to hear, um, Scott, especially from you, did you have any kind of mentor or anything that is just a first person that comes to your head that you just learned a lot from?
0: Yeah, I, about midway through my career, uh, realized that it would be remarkably arrogant to think that I knew everything I needed to know. I may have thought that beforehand. And then just started interacting with people really, really talented and realizing, started reading leadership books and realizing how important it was to get outside perspective that someone that can look at you and be like, hey, you're you're headed in the wrong direction. And so his name is David Kim. He uh, he recruited me to work for Nordstrom Restaurant Group, which I really didn't know much about. And, and he's the reason why I took the job. I, I I thought it was a kind of a step back in my career because I didn't know much about it. And they were restaurants operating within the retail stores. So it seemed kind of an afterthought, but it was an, an amazing six and a half years. The Nordstrom family gave us basically blank checks to rebrand and grow restaurants. I traveled the, the country and had an amazing opportunity, but but he was the one that invested. He, he didn't just uh, correct me when I was wrong and, and, and give me goals. He, he, he was on the journey with me and he invested in me. And that yeah. was a, an unbelievable example. He modeled for me that, hey, I loved this, I loved the people part of the restaurant group, and and I was really great at developing people. Uh, but I, I would admit that even at the time, I, I didn't see it as investing in people, and he modeled that really, really well for me, and we're, we're great friends to this day. And um, yeah, ch- changed so the way I, I at So I assume he knows business. what you're doing now? And oh yeah, 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 he's, he's, he, cool. we've been back and forth in phone conversations, yeah. and he's, he hasn't made it in yet. So, David, if you're listening, you need to <laughs> you hop on a plane and come <laughs> yeah. see. He lives in yeah. Seattle. That's, uh, you know, that's just an excuse <laughs> <to know. laughs>
1: Yeah, he, he can probably make it in.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: okay, and then when did you just kind of doing this for a lifelong career, did you start realizing that's going to happen? Because, or from the very beginning, have you just been – so in love with the restaurant business, the hospitality industry that you just knew that this is what, what you were gonna do forever.
0: Yeah, and I went to business school in UNT and, and had no idea what I wanted to do. It was uh, much like Glenn. I was the first sharer to go to college and so I didn't have a lot of direction from my, my father figures of what to do afterwards. It was just like, get a degree and figure it out, right? And, uh, and so I, I, I didn't have specific outlets to say, hey, this is, this is what you're great at. Here's your strengths. And so lean into those. And so I, uh, I, I knew I was good at it and I had been doing it. So I, my plan was I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a job in the hospitality industry and then I'll, I'll kind of figure it out. I'll see what happens. And it was a few years in that I realized, well, let me backtrack. One of the reasons why is that I didn't really take it serious as a career. I, th- I thought, you know, go to college, become an architect or an engineer or like, you know, important jobs. And I hadn't looked at the hospitality industry as a as a really serious career. But I knew I didn't want the other things, right? And so a few years in, I, I just looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, man, you're you're pretty good at this. You've you've seen success. It's people need to eat. They're always going to need to eat. So at some level, this industry is never going away. And, and but more importantly the reason why the hospitality industry, and this goes into the ethos of who we are at Sip and Saver, uh, is is not just about managing calories and getting fed, but it's about how you make people feel. Mm -hmm. And when you do that really well, you you get people, right? Mm -hmm. And if you do it all, like the atmosphere and the, you know, the the food quality and the bar program, and you make people feel great, you've got a winner. And uh, I realized that I, I was genetically predisposed to enjoying making people feel great and enjoying what that was like. I just needed to fill in some gaps with how to how to create food and menus and the other aspects. And so I, I made it my mission at that point in time to work for people that could teach me.
1: Yeah. Well, I think what you were saying there in terms of the experience um, really allows me to kind of shift gears and really start talking about Sip and Savor. Um, you know, for me, just to kind of introduce the idea of Sip and Savor to the audience, um, I mean, to say Sip and Saver has been a blessing to my family is a massive understatement. Um, you know, we've gone through a lot of really challenging times as a family, losing some really pe- people that we love so much. And at a unique time, you all opened, and and I would say, the times that we've had going to your restaurant, we leave we leave almost kind of healed, you know, so certainly fed well. <laughs> but I mean, you guys create not only the most amazing food that, you know, but you create an experience um, that I guess to say it again is just kind of healing. Um, and uh, you feel like you're in your living room. You know, I would say that's that when Jess and I are sitting there talking, we're like, man, it just feel so comfortable in here. And so much of it has to do with the hospitality I'll bring to the table, the ambiance in the room, the food, etc. So, um, so I would love to kind of start first, talk about the concept of Sip and Saver. Um, you know, if you were to explain the concept in a technical way to somebody or whatever, what would you say?
0: So we we knew that the location of where we are was the area we wanted to be in. We didn't exactly know that specific spot, but we knew that was a really great intersection of a few different cities where there was um, a high density of cultured people who could appreciate wine and great food. And and as we we love to eat out, and we were we would catch ourselves driving to Dallas for specific dining experiences. And so the thought was, let's create a restaurant that people don't have to drive to Dallas for, where the ambiance is really, really trendy and fun and high energy. The cocktail program is unique and thoughtful, uh, and the wine program is is something that's just not seen. And then obviously food that is um, interesting, evolving, elegant, and all of those things. And so. Uh, as we started eating around in the area, realized that nobody really had a wine list that I would call spectacular. There's uh, some amazing restaurants around there, but had really gone deep in a wine list to introduce people to European wines and South American wines and just, and then take the time to educate. And so uh, we wanted to create an experience that was similar. Gin is a
1: huge part of that.
0: Huge. Kind of the main part part of that,
1: I would say. It's been the most fun though. It's your passion.
0: It is my passion. Yeah, And so, um, we, we, part of our dating experience was highly centered around Napa Valley and, and Sonoma and wine country. As she was in the wine industry, and so she would say, hey, I, I just I have a trip to go to Napa. I want to come. Sure, yeah. I'll, I'll hop on a plane and do that. So we would go multiple times throughout the year. And, and what we found- We even found, got
2: married in Sonoma, in Santa Rosa, on top yeah. of a mountain.
0: We did. I got amazing. married in
1: Arlington. There you go. Very <laughs> similar. <Texas>.
0: Okay. <laughs> And so we realized there's a romance to wine country that wasn't being represented well, uh, really in, in Dallas, but specifically there. And so we wanted to create a restaurant that represented the just the feel of Napa Valley, Sonoma Valley. We now know Oregon and wine country and, uh, and just create a, a romantic, elegant restaurant experience that was female driven and uh, and then operated around, uh, like I said, a, a innovative food menu and a really deep, really thoughtful wine list.
1: And- well, I think, I mean, I hear you say female driven, but I love it. But I think I might love it because my wife loves it so much too, that's right? Yeah. Well, so, that's it. We, yeah.
2: The woman ultimately decides where dinner is, yeah. right? And so uh, to this day, I'll, never, I'll always stick by it. <clears throat> I spend a little m- more money than I should have on the women's bathroom but okay, i want we
0: just need a lot more money. Yeah,
1: a I've lot. heard I haven't seen it, but I've I've heard.
2: But for that purpose alone because <laughs> yeah. i want again i want women to feel seen and loved and there's little details so much so that the bathroom you could eat dinner in there. People just love it. Yeah. They just they just love it, right? And so that for us was that was a moment for me even more so like we got to get this right. Like yeah. if we're going to be women focused, the bathroom is key in that. Okay. So here we are.
1: So when when was this starting to kind of roll around your head, um, Sip and Saver? Five
2: years ago. Yeah,
0: five years ago, yeah. Uh, yeah. we we were. I took off from DFW and landed in Houston. She was. i had already taken off from California. Was landing in DFW, and I landed to a, a slew of text messages from her. Her flight was canceled, and um, I need you to pick up the kids. To which I replied, I just landed in Houston. So we, we scrambled, we, we had one of our parents pick up the kiddos and figured it out, but it really made us stop and realize, like, what, are we, what are we really doing? And so often I think people, you know, they, they climb the corporate ladder, they you know, we're both extremely competitive, just get on the sand volleyball court with this, you'll find out. And, and so we, we were just driven to succeed and what's the next step? And for me, I, I knew I had my laser sight set on what the next set was going to be for me. And same with Jen. So we just paused and said, what does this look like? like how many... How many homes should we own? How many cars can you have? And what's our purpose in all of this? And so a lot of prayer and a lot of thoughtfulness about what that looked like. And we realized, you know, I'm, I'm building relationships in Tampa, Florida, and Houston that really, at, in the grand scheme of things, aren't going to be lasting. I'll meet a customer and connect with them and, and probably never really see them again. And so uh, we, um, what would it look like to do something local and to just build some deep roots here? And a, a lot of thoughtfulness because it, that's a— You know, we we had amazing jobs, no reason to leave either one. And so it was a, you know, in in retrospect, I wouldn't have used the word at the time. It was a little scary. Mm -hmm. So we probably uh, didn't hit the gas on it like we we could have or should have. And then COVID happened, and that really ironically just sealed the deal. What it did for me was realize the three to five things I'm really, really great at, casting vision, motivating, energizing and um, empowering people, building teams. That, that's really what I've been doing really, really well at a high level for my whole career. And, um, and so we decided to, to jump in and, and that was when we started planning it really seriously and looking at real estate locations, putting together the company and branding and so forth. So about three years ago. But
2: yeah. Heavily time. praying and talking yeah. through it with friends and family to pray for us was yeah. five years yeah. ago.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so we had Concept, sounds like maybe location was kind of the next thing y'all were thinking about. I'm sure you had Glenn in the back of your head too, yeah. you
0: know. Yeah. I think that was actually the um, first. Well, I knew that that if we didn't want to live at the restaurant and, and truly yeah. wanted to build a team, I needed to have a rockstar GM. Yeah. And uh, and so I, 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 I've i had an opportunity to work with some really amazingly talented people, but there's nobody in Dallas that's better at this than Glenn Walls. Yeah. Like his his care and attention for you know, the, the word excellence in a, in a really real way, like what does it look like to be excellent at folding a linen? He put together, he spent two hours in pre-opening, like <laughs> on how we're gonna fold the linen. I had a little tear in my eye because it's that level of detail that matters.
1: Yeah. And he, then put together a training class. His weakness is that he almost cares too much.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Well, and, and where you can lose people, right? That yeah. care right in the middle, yeah. that think that that's excessive. And really it's not, because the standard that we're setting is we really wanna disrupt the expectation of suburban dining in a whole different way. So you have to have someone that has remarkably high standards, and then and then the the spine to go in and make it happen. And what one of the things that he missed out on. when We first met. Uh, thank you for not telling the story, but I'll tell it. As okay. I tried to talk him into moving to Indianapolis to run this horrible restaurant, and and the way he declined was I still remember it. It was was easy, straightforward, honest. He, it wasn't a tough conversation that other people would have kind of danced around. He's just like, "Hey, listen, I'm not moving to Indianapolis, but I want to work for you." And I like, "Here, what do you have in Dallas?" And so, uh, I love working with people that can be honest. Let's get to the core of the issue and fix it, and we don't need to dance around. And so that's that's who that's who he is. And so very quickly, I, I, I got to the name Glenn Wallace. And so I started some preliminary conversations that I don't even think he knew. Where, where I'm like, "Hey, how you doing? Where you at? You happy? How's everything going? How you been?" And, yeah. And um. And then invited him over for dinner one night, and we yeah. laid it on him.
1: Okay, so you laid it on him at dinner. W- where was your mind at with that Glenn? He invited me. So he and we were.
3: Uh, he and I were in the same men's group uh, with church, and he invited me over um, a little bit early for dinner. He's hosting the, the guys for dinner, and he said, "Why don't you come over a little bit early?" And I said, "Cool." So when I walked in, I'm sous chef mode. I'm ready to go. I'm like, okay, man, I'm here. Let's go give me a chop. What do you, he goes, no, just, I got it. He goes, just, just, just hang tight. And um, he, was, he was making steaks that night, but he had everything, everything's ready. And uh, I'm like, okay. So he walks around, he grabs his, um, his tablet and opens, opens up the, the tablet and shows me the presentation and walks me through, through, through the deal. And uh, he uh, said, so what do you think? And I, I just, I said, man, I mean, but I even hesitated. And I said, if you open a hot dog stand, I'm in. Yeah. I even hesitating. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You so. told me that too. Yeah. Said so this is a guy, if he opens a hot dog stand, I'm in. Yeah. So um, that's cool. Did you have any reservations or you're pretty much, pretty committed from the very beginning?
3: The, well, the reservations I had was, uh, Yes. Not with the the project, but you always I think you if you yeah. self internalization self any kind of change. Yes. there's some reservations. Right I mean, right? I was I was I was happy at Merido. Yeah, I was happy. I mean, you, you know, um, the family there were like it's like a family over there. Um, very close relationships. I still have, we have today. I mean, you came. I have still some members still drive across the city to come say hello and support. Yeah, it's pretty. It's yeah. very humbling.
1: Well, it's an easy thing to do when it's that good. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so you probably are all involved in building the team that is there now. One thing I would say is that, you know, I was trying to really think about how I can describe your team. Because we all go to restaurants all over the place, right? And we go, I feel like when, when I'm being served at Sip and Saver versus other places. Other places, it's like, you can just tell that's an hourly person that's just clocking in, clocking out. They might still do a good job transactionally but like your people like it just seems like everybody individually has a passion for what they do and so you've obviously built a really special team and I'd love to hear that process you know
3: so I'll say this is that anybody who chooses and does they make a choice to walk in the, any restaurant or any food service establishment and chooses to find employ, employment has a huge heart already yeah they have it whether they know it or not and it's our job to draw that out and self-realization you know i we pre-shift this all the time i mean they'll look at me like i'm crazy but i'm like your heart is so beautiful like you have such a beautiful heart like i mean let's just let's you guys come in you give you give yourselves to other to strangers Mm -hmm. i mean that takes that takes right there just the heart of 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 loving somebody of giving Just it's there's not many industries that openly do that in a real time setting. I mean, it's real time. It's you feel it. There's a connection. You feel it when somebody's upset, you feel it when somebody's, you know, you're you're making memories. Yeah. And uh to vol- voluntarily do that, it's it's really cool. Yeah. So it I really cool. there's a there's a grace. I mean, there's we're not see- I I I don't seek perfection with the staff. I just seek care and intentionality. Um, if they do that, and just just I would say, just care, just care, mm-hmm. just care in, in, yeah, in and goes a long way.
1: You know this this, and I was talking to y'all about this before. This word excellence um, is a big word, right? And it's been used in a lot of different forms. Um, and I continually want to say, like, what I think about the word excellence is about what you just said, like probably an extreme care, right? You, you can have care but then you can have excellence. Um, but it doesn't mean perfect, yeah. 100%. We all know we're not perfect, right? And we're not going to be. Um, okay, so what was that, that build up of that team like? Because, you know, me in the talent retention and, um, world and in the, in the recruitment world, I mean, getting good people is a very hard thing these days. And so, Glenn, I would assume you were very involved in that. I'm sure everybody was involved in that. I'd love to hear what that process was like in opening
2: up.
3: Um, a lot of interviewing. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. We worked at it. I mean, we we got we got our names out there. We
1: worked at it. Um, you had some people that moved here, right from out of state.
0: Yeah. Right. Our sous chef moved from San Diego. Yeah.
1: Yes.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I one thing that you know this is a big project I mean, it's, it's, it's a big restaurant. I mean, there's, yeah when I say big it's it's square footage, product you know production wise there's a lot of there's a lot of people in that building. Uh, what we made a decision to do is there, there are some times where people will have that gap of attrition, right? Let's say a 15 or 20 percent gap. We didn't do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We hired and we hired we say we, we need an X amount of employees. We're going to hire that many employees, right? Um, because we're going to, try to do our best, everything we can to to receive them and to um, train them as best, like, just retain, retain them. Um, it wasn't more of like a turn and burn kind of thing. When you when you go into projects like that, and, when I, and it may be a harsh kind of phrase, but it's, uh, you know, if if they can't, you know, three, day three, if they can't make it, then, we're going to part ways, right? It wasn't as, I guess cutthroat's a better phrase. Yeah. It wasn't as cutthroat. Yeah. It was more like, we're going to receive these people. We're going to, it's, it's going to be a family oriented, guided journey together. Yeah, And if you want to be a part of it, let's go, yeah. yeah, right?
1: And that's a, I mean, excellence is a hard thing to keep up, you know? So I'm sure it's a continued challenge. Yeah.
3: I will say this, yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot of 21 and 22 year old young adults who know what a Sancerre is. and and I didn't even know what a Sanceria is. I've been in the business 31 years before I started working in this restaurant. So I know what a Sanceria is today and our staff knows what a Sanceria is today. Well, I
0: don't know what one is. We'll taste one next time you come in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that, if if I don't interject, is that one of the big goals of Sip and Saver was, I mentioned the word disrupt, is to disrupt the expectation of suburban dining. And what I've seen over the past 10 to 15 years is this fairly rapid decline in the guests' expectation of what hospitality looks like. There's been a, a huge growth of restaurants all across America, and, and so to Glenn's point, a lot of restaurateurs hire just, do you have a pulse? Yeah. Have, you, have you ever eaten in a restaurant? Great, come on in. And, and then what you get is people who don't either align with values, align with the concept. So we, we were really specific about what is your heart, how do you get to talk to us about something that you really care about and an experience that you, that you had It was difficult and you just cared enough to finish it and finish it well? And, and some of the people that we hired that were servers, they had never served a table before working for us. But we knew we can teach you where to put the fork. We can teach you what sincere is. Uh, but I can't teach you to care, and we can't teach you to have excellence in your mindset. So if, yeah. if we find that, we'll grab onto that and then teach you the little details. And that, that was our goal, and I think Glenn did a remarkable job of finding those people. Yeah. He, he, he hired 95% of the people that we have today.
3: I don't really think, I'm, I'm, I don't look at, you, you need to fill out the application, of course, and you do some kind of, you do some kind of referral there. But I, I very rarely, I don't focus on the application. Yeah. I mean, I may look at some availability or something like that on there, hiring towards the needs of the, of the business, but the rest of the time it's
1: a conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's a conversation. Yeah, so. that's good. Okay, so let's talk about the location a little bit, because when you walk into Sip and Saver, you immediately, your senses start going. And so I would love to hear from Jen, because I know you were very involved in kind of the overall design of the place, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, where was your heart with that? What were your thoughts around that?
2: Well, like Scott said, we came from the love of wine country. And so we would start taking a lot of pictures of vineyards that we loved in particular the where they host you the homes they look like homes and they feel like homes and so Scott and I were very um, we were honing in on that the most because so many restaurants they feel and look like a restaurant and we just didn't want it to feel that way I personally wanted it to feel more residential Um, and just the color palette the design we were both like this it has to be open and has to be airy it can't be this enclosed with walls everywhere where people can't see what's happening. Um, and so we started just taking a ton of pictures at the vineyard sites and then restaurants that we absolutely loved in Napa and in Sonoma. And then the rest went from there. But um, yeah, I just I wanted unique pieces where people almost thought that they could have it in their home, just to, from our light fixtures to the color palette of the, um, the booths. Uh, I think the biggest draw is that vintage room, the private dining room in the back. Um, That was fun for us, too, because that was – we were doing some last-minute designs there because we would sit in there and we were like, this is missing something. So then we added wallpaper. We're in bed, about to go to bed, and I was like, this is some – I feel like we're missing something. And he was like, well, then what do you want to do? We got and scrolled on Etsy. We
0: poured a few glasses of wine. We did. And then we scrolled.
2: And we just kept scrolling. I mean because we genuinely cared. I didn't want it to just feel like it had opened in a matter of weeks or months. I wanted it to feel like it was very thoughtful. Um, So we got on it immediately and he's like, oh my, and then we didn't have enough. And so all that to say, it was just- I measured wrong
0: and didn't order enough.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's just part of it. (laughs) But we just wanted, and to this day, when guests are always like, well, where did you get this and where did you, I tell them, like, it's all residential, it's CB2, it's Etsy, it's, it's, places where they can go purchase for their home. It's not commercial pieces other than a few big pieces, but yeah, yeah, we just wanted it to feel like home. Yeah. The moment you walked in.
1: Well, it does. It does. And that that room where you have private events, I um, hosted an event with all the Young Life leaders in there. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, like, there was a lot of people that didn't know each other. We go into that room. It creates this kind of vibe of comfort and ease and next thing you know everybody leaves and it's community yeah so um so that's really neat um so where would you all say are your strengths right now let's first kind of talk about strengths i'd love to hear from each individual person where would you say your strengths are right now
2: i wouldn't say hospitality yeah by far i think i think people know us well enough to know that if we don't get the salad right, we're going to at least make you feel special regardless. Yeah. Um, or if the wine temperature isn't to your liking, we're going to get you a new glass. If you're celebrating something, we're going to make sure to point that out. Like, I strongly believe and I hope that any guest that walks in that door from the moment that they walk in back to the being seen, hospitality is the number one thing. And I, and I tell everyone that, like, we might not be perfect when it comes to food. Or wine temperature or whatever that may be but we will always get it right we will make sure that you feel very good about the money you spent and the time spent away from home yeah
1: that's awesome how about you
0: yeah I mirror that hospitality was our number one goal like Jen said I don't think anybody expects a restaurant to bat a thousand with food and and you want to get as close as you can and that's that's Glen and I's goal but, uh, but you can bat a thousand with hospitality and how you make people feel. So I think that being our number one goal, I think we've done a, a great job with that and that'll always be our number one focus. And then close behind it, I think ed- education was part of it is mm-hmm. in, like Glenn said, introducing people to new wines, educating our staff on foods and food procedures. And, and I had this amazing conversation with, we did a, a, a craft cocktail class uh, Tuesday night. And so we, we introduced uh, shrimp on one of the dish that we'd been sous And so people, about half the people were familiar with sous-vide type of cooking, but they've never had that before and were just blown away. And that was something that, that Chef Tony and I, we, we just started playing around with. And so there was this amazing 20-minute conversation with 10 people about how we cooked the shrimp. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, I want to try it at home. And so we gave him some, some tips. And so just, you know, I think that's what interests people, right, is that mm-hmm. you can go anywhere and get a meal, but if you can make them feel special and then educate them somehow, some way on this amazing industry, uh, that's where you can really capture their full attention. Yeah,
1: I yeah. love it.
0: Go ahead.
3: Uh, details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love details. You I, are I, a detail person. The importance of details <laughs> um, is, is something I, I try to uh, encourage the team to understand. Um, and then, the, as far as the management team, um, just create an environment where they're always create. they're always thinking ahead. They're always thinking about the next thing. Um, never, never really, always asking them questions like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? How can we make this better? Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, I love, I, I mean, it's like every, every little detail creates this an environment. I mean, if a restaurant's done well, it's just like a whole, you, just, you get encapsulated in it. And you get lost in it, right? Yeah. And it goes even down to how the servers tie in their apron. Yeah. It really does. Um, yeah. Or the placement of the fork is, you know, yeah. but we don't make it too stuffy, but it like I said no, Yeah, don't we make don't it too stuffy, y- but it's not it's yeah.
1: 100% not. I mean It's a hospitality is not stuffy in my opinion. So you do well very good hospitality So it's not stuffy at all. I mean for me strengths are whipped goat <laughs> <laughs> uh. Your daughters had that for, for I, I went your,
2: your wife and, your, and
1: your, your mother-in-law and your two daughters
3: were there uh, two days ago and I no went said hello for lunch. and I'm like, oh, you ordered two. And there's two whip goats in front of four people. And, I, and, and Jess is like, no, the girls just went out for the lunch. So the girls are having whip yeah. goat for lunch.
2: Oh my gosh, so, that's amazing. Yeah, so
1: everybody that's listening. The whip, the whip goat is, um, it's a dip that's on the appetizer menu that um, is really special.
0: The secret is that we actually whip the goats on-site.
1: Whip the goats. got a pork chop. a pork chop that's I mean, every one of your menu items is is a feature in itself. But, um, but, yeah, the food, I know we're talking a lot about hospitality. I just want to make sure everybody knows how good this food is. It's very, very good. Um, and so, obviously, we've talked a lot about people and culture. Um, I'd like to hear from Jen, because it does seem like it's a passion of yours. Um, when you think about the culture toward your employees, yeah, um, can you just kind of explain your heart around that, what you're trying to do there?
2: Yeah, so when I had a part in hiring, or even more so to this day, when I see a server upset or anyone really for that matter, um, I just make sure that they know that their family, like they're not an employee. Mm-hmm. They don't work for us, they work with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I make sure that they know that and they see me bussing tables, picking scraps up off the floor, like this is a team. Mm -hmm. We're not your employers, we're a family. We're all literally on mission together to serve this community. Um, And so I think we've done a stellar job with creating this culture where they genuinely feel like they can come and tell me anything when I'm available or Scott or Glenn, um, but even more so, you, you've met Fletcher. Mm-hmm. We're knee deep in that guy to the point where he's going to church with us now. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got another server, John, that's going to church with us now, since so in the front row with us and still trying to figure it all out. But we, I always tell them, like, you are welcome to do anything with us. Um, yeah. and, and I'm not one to just say that it's all me or them, it's one team. So, yeah, just creating just a very unique family, if you will, is is what we are.
1: And you feel that when you're in there for sure. Glenn, any kind of mechanics that you have just in your role as general manager um, that you would say is a mechanic to being a manager that has really, you know, helped bring out that excellence that we experience in there? Is it like daily huddles or anything like that?
3: Um, Yes, we have. We have multiple pre shifts we have pre shifts in the morning before lunch uh, the lunch service and and before dinner service Um, the expectation is the manager comes prepared we talk about we talk about beverage we talk about food we'll do a food tasting Uh, we'll go around and when the exercise we'll talk about ingredients in the food we'll talk about allergies allergies is a big part of our restaurant Um, one of the questions the expectation of the server should ask and any whenever a guest is at the table is do you have any food allergies and and
1: hopefully we, it's not goat cheese correct yes you'd be missing out <laughs> you'd be missing out what yeah, it was. Just, this isn't your place it's not for you <laughs> you need to link
3: yes i mean another thing too i want to mention like, we set the standard um of the expectation of how our, our staff should should be i mean how we handle our guests how we how we communicate how we how we are honestly how we our self-care i'm going to say it you know like it, yeah. and i we encourage that with the um The staff is that uh, you know this is a serious restaurant. This is a place is a fun place. We want it to be fun, but it's a serious place, and we take it seriously. And um, we're going to do everything we can. And I've worked in a lot. I mean, I'm I've worked in a lot of places, and the amount of education, continuing education. I mean, Jen's going to be teaching a hour, two hour class, and and a week and a half over wine to recalibrate and go go in momentum in the fall season. Um, eight, nine months into this. And we're spending, continuing to invest in education and spend time with our, our staff to, in, in order to, you know, learn how to not only help their financial status, right, to help their, but also create an experience for the guests.
1: Yeah. You know. Love it. Love it. Well, we're going to kind of start concluding. Um, but I think this is where we can just kind of get to know you all and your heart a little bit more. Um, I would like to each ask each and every person, because I, I know you guys are humble. You're humble people. Um, I'm attracted to humility, um, but at the same time, y'all are very driven. And that's a unique characteristic, right? A lot of times, people who have a lot of humility might not have that drive. And so to be able to – I call it kind of the Roger Federer mentality. Obviously, Roger Federer was crazy driven, but he was also a pretty humble guy. And so – um, what, what drives you all? And um, let's, let's start with you, Glenn. Kind of, what, what drives you to wake up in the morning and be the best that you can be? Oh my goodness, that's a deep question.
3: Um, <laughs> you know, it's, for, for, this, for this particular, I guess, today, it's, it, for me, it's easy to get up because I believe so much in this, in this business. Like, it's how important this business is. I've always been, I mean, I've always been like a, a person that, um, man, that's a deep question. I've always been a person that, um, I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm not the most, comp- I'm, I'm pretty competitive, but I don't think I'm on their scale of competitive. I just have this with, with, within me of like not, of just doing the best I can that, from my expectations. I'm my biggest critic. I'm my biggest challenge every day. Like my mind. Well, why
1: do you think you're like that?
3: Man, I don't know. Okay. I really don't. Okay. I'm just am.
1: We might have a follow-up at some point then. Okay. Talk about it. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I mean, I just, um, I, I do part of my. Your,
1: your, do you have a mentor that maybe was back in the day? Well, my, it your grandfather? That no, kind of? my father was definitely, okay.
3: personally, my dad was a, my hero, my mentor. This guy here next to me is definitely um, evolved, and he's definitely with that as well. He's very, very special to me. Um, yeah, I just want to let, I mean, I have this this innate ability, and I just don't want to let people down, yeah. you know, and that really just drives me. Okay. I don't think he knows any other
1: way. Yeah, that's uh, good. How about you, Scott?
0: I learned, I've been on this journey for about eight years, like what does it mean to be excellent and then not allow the pursuit of that excellence to occupy every part of your life? You see it with mm-hmm so many, you know, what would be famous people where they, you know, they've attained really enormous goals and people say, well, wow, this person's successful, but their personal life's just a train wreck, right? And so for me, it's about purpose. Like if I, if I want to, if I'm going to, I really don't, I, I don't know how to do something um, halfway, yeah. right? Um, and so uh, I, I've been on a journey of, okay, what, if, if I know if there's a, a really great purpose for it, then not only will I do it the best I can, but then I'm, I'm just never gonna give up on it, right? And so we just created a purpose around this. And so each day when you have a very clear goal of what you're trying to achieve, and it's not like, let's make as much money as we can, when you have that purpose, it's easier to just just jump right into it. And so I think we, we did a, a lot of like visioning of who are we? What is this hospitality group gonna be like? What are our roles in that? Who do we wanna surround ourselves with? And I'm really proud of, of what it looks like a year after that. And so it's yeah. like, it's so easy each day.
1: And I think you could answer it that way as the leader, but a server could answer it the same way, mm-hmm. the purpose side of things, yeah. et cetera, too. So uh, that's really good. Hope that's so. Really good. Jen?
2: Mine would be my family, my kids. Okay. Uh, we just had a vacation and um, the ability to a, take a vacation to step away and just take a breather is amazing but also like i want them to see that we fought for something much bigger than ourselves Yeah, i want them to know that mommy's home in the summer which is amazing but come when school starts like it's it's go time like it's and mommy's going to work very hard so that when our daughter wants to play for a um what's it called club volleyball team mm, i'm in that <clears throat> yeah like i want her to know that there's resources that have to come for you to do that right and so and the flexibility and i'm, I'm t- i try to remind her of that every day when she's like but i don't want you to leave and i'm like i promise you that we're doing this for you we're not doing this for us i never was given this opportunity right but as a child i didn't my mom worked eight to five the same job i want her to see that there's so much more to work working if you will um and we're able to serve people in doing that and so my kids are my purpose mm-hmm. My That's family good. is my purpose. That's
1: good. So what does the future look like for you guys?
2: Oh. You got oh. any
1: any dreams
0: or
2: mm. anything
1: going on right now?
0: Yeah, we're trying to hold it loosely um, yeah. because we really, you know, we'll never be done with this sip and saver. We're going to refine it and constantly evaluate how we can be the best that we can be. Uh, we'd love to open up another one, so God willing, we'll get a chance to do that in another affluent market and, We have um, some pretty cool ideas for some other brands. Um, We've had some opportunities to help manage some other properties. And so uh, we're just, you know, through the perspective of how can, you know, excellence in the way of caring for what is in front of us the very best we can, that is sip and savor for right now. And so with that as a priority, then how do we layer in other things that don't distract from that and add to it? And uh, that's our that's our goal. So I know it sounds kind of vague, but um, too like often, stewardship. yeah, I think too yeah. often people are like, we're going to open yeah. a restaurant, and then like we're going to open up another one, and then two years yeah. later, and by five years we'll have ten. Which it's great to have those goals, but man, it's a it's a ride. it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah. And sometimes the, the loop comes, and you didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. And if you've already signed lease number two, well, that that loop just got a little crazier. So we're just trying to be thoughtful about what it looks like without out kicking our coverage because it'll very quickly our number one goal of hospitality could just vanish, vanish yeah. you know, and we won't allow that to happen.
2: Well, and the truth is, is we're, we're just eight months in. Yeah, We're just getting our feet eight months. Yeah. in wow. to the ground, right? So we still have a long ways to go and yeah. there's a ton of community that we haven't got to meet yet.
1: So Crazy I'm, eight months, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> I've never done this before and I'm like, whoo, Crazy. you're rocking it out there, baby. Yeah, yeah. great. Putting my yeah. C-bone on every day. Y'all are
1: doing so good. Um, and so thank you, too, for being in Highland Village, right? And even everybody that lives within, oh gosh, who, who knows, needs to go to Highland Village and check out Sim um, It's a good you. experience. It's very worthwhile. And uh, any kind of final words that you want to leave at all?
2: I, I would just always ask, and I'd say this to everyone that I meet, I would love to meet you. So when you come in, like, just ask for Jen, and most of the time they're gonna be like, well, "Do you know Jen?" And if you don't know me, that's okay. Like, I wanna, I would love to meet everyone that walks in that door at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would say the same thing. Just a- ask for me when you come in. I'd love to shake your hand, hear about you, tell me your story, how'd you get here, and and then how can we serve you? Yeah, that's
1: great. Glenn,
0: um, I will be working through the staff, so <laughs> yeah.
3: hopefully, if you, if it goes, uh, yeah, it doesn't. Nothing makes me much happier than when one of our our guests have a great time, but also the staff feels great about what they're doing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. after we release uh, this, we're going to also release a little interview that I did with Fletcher too. Oh, um, cool! Nice. And so nice. Fletcher is—he's a great guy, a wonderful server and um and i think great great things are in front of him too and so um thank you all welcome the excellence culture and uh, appreciate it thank Thanks. you yeah thank you